My other headcanon is that Siskel and Ebert gave this movie two thumbs up and they used the thumbs to squish the ants. Um, (laughs) And that's why there is no sequel. We have to go back. Hello, everyone. and Welcome back to the Flashback Flicks retro movie podcast. I'm Ricky. I'm Grayson. And with the Disney Plus streaming release of Ant-Man and the Wasp, we decided to take a look back at the 1998 movie Ants. Or, or based on my research, maybe Ant-Z. Ant-Z, World War Z. But it's that because that is the name of the main character. And the font's important because even the Z doesn't really fit with the other ant it's got so many levels it, it's it's got so many levels that have been burrowed out by the colony and we'll get to all of them yes please stay tuned for our kerning uh section of the podcast uh so if you don't remember ants you probably thought that it was bugs life uh so ants came out in 1998 and it follows the story of a rather neurotic ant who tries to break from his totalitarian society while trying to win the affection of the princess he loves, which, you know, sounds a lot like uh, Bugs Life. Uh, But it's different. How different? Well, let's get into the history. So in 1988, Walt Disney feature animation was pitched a movie called Army Ants about a pacifist worker ant teaching lessons of independent thinking to his militaristic colony. Years later, Jeffrey Katzenberg, then chairman of Disney's film division, had left the company in a feud with CEO Michael Eisner over the vacant president position after the death of Frank Wells. Katzenberg would later go on to help co-found DreamWorks Pictures with Steven Spielberg and David Geffen, and the three planned to rival Disney with the company's new animation division. So, you know, art imitating life, you know, Life imitating art, ants uh, imitating soldiers. <laughs> I just wanted to be thank you. Part no, of that, it. that that yeah. that's the full quote. Cool. Yeah. Uh, so then Katzenberg uh, went on to uh, develop projects that he had tried to pursue or suggested while at Disney, which were ultimately just shut down, mm. uh, like The Prince of Egypt and uh, Chicken Run, Sinbad, and Ants. So another thing that was happening in uh, the mid-90s was the Pixar revolution. So if you remember, Toy Story came out in 1995, and then A Bug's Life came out, you know, the same year as Ants. So they were, you know, it's not that Ants was made in spite of Disney. That would be a terrible rumor to spread. But we're seeing in the history that that's... A likely story as to Not what happened. entirely inaccurate. Well, right. I'm remembering from a previous trivia challenge that uh, Ants came out slightly before Bugs Life, correct? Yes, you are I got that wrong, correct. and I learned from my <laughs> mistakes. I'm growing as a person. And you're right, because this movie, Ants, was DreamWorks' first movie as a studio. This oh, was, wow. Well, I should say this was their first animated film. Uh, yeah, because Shrek gets a lot of the attention, but it Ants predates that. Absolutely. And this was also the first computer animated film to receive a PG rating, uh, which, you know, speaks really to the content. Uh, and 
due to the amazing cast they have. So uh, Woody Allen was cast in the lead role of Z, and much like Allen's trademark uh, humor is present within the film, uh, Allen himself made some uncredited rewrites, but also, like most movies that... (laughs) He stars in, he couldn't really watch the movie because he was so uncomfortable with how he's portrayed on film because that's Woody Allen, I guess. Even when animated (laughs) as an ant with people teeth. Oh, yeah. The people teeth. Oh, so the movie came out. Now, here's the thing. I know we talked about this before on the previous trivia challenge, which you can listen Mm -hmm. to where you're listening to this podcast. But... Uh A lot of people think when there are dueling movies like Ants or Bugs Life, there's typically one movie that did wildly well and one that didn't do well. This movie actually did pretty good for itself with a very confusing gap of budget. Uh, it had a budget anywhere between $42 million and $105 million. That's a pretty big gap. It's a big gap. It's like those ant piles. You're like, oh, this ant pile is just on the surface, and then you realize it goes so much deeper. It went on to gross $171 million worldwide, and it also received pretty positive reviews. Uh, even Siskel and Ebert is known for giving this movie praise for its wit and its, um, you know, style. Uh, they pointed out, but like th- this movie actually has some some credit to itself, and there are people who really fondly remember this movie. And it almost got a direct-to-video sequel. Uh, oh wow! Yeah, Ants so is <laughs> anti. I think is the plural. Uh, <laughs> So it was planned to uh, be released, but by 1999, DreamWorks closed its television animation unit and merged the direct-to-video unit with the feature animation. And the sequel was still planned, uh, but we don't know what the story would have been. And ultimately, it just, you know, marched forward into obscurity. Oh, look at that. Yeah. Huh. That would have been uh, a choice. I, I think they were better off going with the Shrek development. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, a lot more mileage out of that because even Pixar didn't do a sequel to A Bug's Life. They were just like, oh, that was one and done and we're going to move on. Yeah. I wonder if part of that was because the world had already been so explored, but if we've learned anything from these animated franchises, there is no shortage of places where you could take this and I'm sure we'll dive into that a little deeper in Recast and Remake. Oh, yes. Yeah, I remember watching this movie in theaters, and Mm -hmm. I remember kind of enjoying it, but after watching it... What a review. (laughs) But watching it this time around, I realized that when, when it's 1998, and you are very much a child, you don't understand... Uh, the full scale of wit, uh, the way that you can after, you know, living a little bit of life. So from the jump, I was like, oh, this movie is not for kids. No, this is for the parents, it's for adults. 100%. It's like, it's like they decided to make an animated movie of like, okay, kids, you guys go watch Bugs Life. We're going to go watch Ants. I know everyone in the family wants to watch a bug-related animated film tonight. Here's what we're going to do. Yeah, 100%. Because the whole opening number 
with Woody Allen almost reads as like a stand-up bit, which I I know I'm kind of jumping ahead, but my headcanon is that whole opening monologue is how the movie was pitched. Like, it's just like, okay, I I just imagine Woody Allen with a pair of, uh, like, ants, wearing an ant hat and just delivering that material straight, just straight to a panel of executives. And they're like, however much money you need to make this, you can do whatever you want. And they did. Yeah, that scene is really one of the only scenes I remember from this movie because I saw it in theaters with my family. And it's the only time that I had seen it. I never went back and rewatched it. But I remember two things about that. Um, since I own- Two by two? Don't you dare, Ricky. <laughs> uh, I, I remember two things about that, which was um, uh, you know, understanding the parody, even as, mm-hmm. as a little kid, understanding the parody of what this was supposed to be, but also being painfully aware that uh, I walked out of that theater really not getting a majority of the jokes in the movie it was like oh i know that that was for someone but i don't think it was me i know a um, joke was made i really loved the animation and i loved the characters i was just like some of the words they said and how they said them i felt like i needed more context for so re-watching it as an adult i got a lot more out of the movie the second thing i remember about seeing it in theaters was it's one of the hardest i've seen my dad laugh in a movie theater <laughs> Um, And it was in one of those opening lines when he says, when you're the middle child of a family of five million, you don't get any attention. And just that concept of being the middle child of five million siblings uh, struck everyone as funny. I remember that getting a massive reaction in, in the theater. And that, you're right, that is a great example of what the rest of the movie is. It's like, all right, we're gonna map this to modern day uh, situations and they're bugs everyone let's go oh also a little bit of brave new world 1984 mm-hmm. overthrowing the established order for the kids that part's for the kids absolutely uh, yeah yeah so, yeah you get a lot more out of it seeing it as an adult it's like i was like man what a time to watch ants i think everyone should watch ants every four to eight years i just think <laughs> it's an election makes... year movie mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. Because you just want to add something to your election movie or election your movie collection. Uh, right after First Kid, you watch Ants, uh, followed by Clone Wars. Yeah. No, I mean, you just got to, you know, it's, Ants is actually short for President. So uh, combine, combine them. Just I like watch it. them all at the same time. I yeah. like it. Uh, and, and I know we alluded to the cast, but uh, I, and I, I just love the opportunity for me to say one of my favorite lines from one of my favorite movies. I didn't know Dan Aykroyd was in this picture. <laughs> we have Dan Aykroyd, uh, Woody Allen, Jane Curtin, Danny Glover, Gene Hackman, Jennifer Lopez, John Mahoney, Sylvester Stallone, Sharon Stone, Christopher Walken. That's right. It's a walk and walk on. Walk and walk and walk. I didn't even realize it was him. Even though I saw his name in the credits, I didn't realize that he was playing uh, General Cutter until like two thirds away into the movie, where he started using more his of his walkinisms. Uh, mm-hmm. When he was looking for Z, he's like, "I'm looking for a guy." I'm like, "Oh, wait, walk? That was him the whole time?" Oh yeah, no, this is the reunion movie of Christopher Walken and Jennifer Lopez. Yeah. 
getting Geely back together. I think they I think they refer to it as uh, getting Geely with it. <laughs> it. It was the 90s after all. Yes, uh, that's <laughs> that's how they had to write it. It was mm-hmm. the law. Mm-hmm. The whole cast of it, I think, just really informs who they were going after. Uh, but yeah, I it was really interesting rewatching this movie for the podcast because because the advertising for Bugs Life and Ants was happening at the same time. I was wondering like, oh, well, how is this going to be different than Bugs Life? They surprisingly tell like two very different stories, which I was very yeah. impressed by. I was like, oh, this is nothing like a Bugs Life. Yeah, one's more of an invasion story, and this one is more of an internal class system yeah. issue. Uh, yeah, they, they are different stories, for sure. No, this is more like Les Mis, and the Bugs Life is more like Scarlet Pimpernel. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. no, I see. Yeah, uh, got it. And I did appreciate the, um, uh, the Shyamalan-esque ending where they pan out and you see the city and you realize they were ants the whole time. <laughs> what? Look at that. I very much was pleasantly surprised by this movie because I really thought it was like, oh, no, I have to watch ants. We know what that <laughs> means. <laughs> because I just remember that kind of... Uh, that that battle that uh dueling movies and it's like oh no we're gonna watch the lesser movie but it was just a different movie uh and it had a different story to tell and i was very much pleasantly surprised no i get that i get the the loyalty uh yeah there maybe that's why this is such a polarizing film not because of the class struggle or what it says about individuality or the power system that we establish around ourselves. It's about whether or not you're an ants person or a bug's life person. And growing up, we were a bug's life family. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I I played the bug's life game on oh, yeah. my uh, CD-ROM. Yeah. Well, I was watching this thinking, did I play the ants game? Nope. That was a bug's life game. I did I have the ants action figures? Nope. Those are bug's life action figures. Did I go through the ants theme park attraction no still a bug's life Uh, although you might have gone through the ants theme park attraction it just would have been a regular ant pile it's so realistic and to scale yeah which is what this movie was trying to do they were ants the whole time (laughs) Grayson you know what's something that's really great about this movie what's that it's that they managed to have a whole colony of ants that were completely, uh, you know, militarized mm-hmm, without mm-hmm, mm-hmm. any large weapons. Oh, what? So small. They didn't even have a head cannon. Head cannon. <laughs> Which would have came in handy. Head cannon is a part of the show we share with you. What is it? I have ants in my pants? Ants in my brain pants. <laughs> Headcanon is a part of the show where we share with you unique ideas about the movie and untold stories based on evidence provided by the film. Uh, my biggest headcanon is that maybe the real ants were the friends we made along the way. Uh, oh, mm-hmm. But no, so the the head shape of and the kind of blockiness of everyone um, in the movie ants reminded me a lot of the structure of the toys from small soldiers yes i got that vibe as well and so my headcanon is that they occupy the same kind of more 
aggressive world. Um, oh, okay. And so kind that, of that Tarantino universe where yes. everyone's crazy towards each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I like that. I was getting a lot of small soldiers uh, vibes as well. With the, Yeah, you're, that's what it was. It's the angularity of the cheekbones. Maybe they are somehow related to the David Cross created characters, like Ooh. the non-soldiers. Uh, yeah. But my headcanon was that this movie is actually is that this movie is actually the distant future from a bug's life uh, uh-huh. purely because of the scene, that scene where they go into battle and it gets very real, very quickly. Oh my goodness. They go to that tree and it's a hollowed out trunk and <gasps> it looks a lot like the main tree from a bug's Whoa. life. It just got infested with termites. So like, oh, this is it. This is how democracy falls. Wow. Termites. Yeah, that's solid. Which fun fact I learned from my research: ants and termites do fight a lot, apparently, but ants always win, typically, because you know their numbers. Oh, just like they said that this is a movie where it's difficult to tell what is accurate to ants and what is not, um, mainly because all these ants have people teeth. But I uh, appreciate them anthropomorphizing the ant bodies because that would have been terrifying and hard to look at um, if they had been anatomically correct characters the whole oh, time. Man, I was, if they had manned the bulls, I would have been out of this movie. It's, you know, I dealt with it in Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. You know, you, you deal with it because he's, yeah. he's only in part of it and he's more like a pet. Uh, but if, if, you know, Woody Allen's voice or Sylvester Stallone's voice is coming out of that thing, you're like, ah, oh, man, I don't know. I gotta, I gotta get a sandwich or something. I, I gotta just really hunker down here and, and power through this. But they didn't make that choice. They made the more stylized choice and I think it served them well. Yes. It also creates an otherness with the anatomically correct enemies, um, which I guess ties into the ultimate theme of this story. Do I need to say the theme? Probably. It's about identity. We'll get to that. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. And and the identity that you're born with. Uh, like, born identity. Um, oh, I was thinking maybe it's Maybelline. Oh, I thought you were going to say Dharma Initiative. Oh, uh, ants! They were ants on the island the whole time. Oh, oh my gosh. Sense. Ants is an anagram for island. Now I see. <laughs> and also, Grayson, just a fun fact. Did you know that yeah. some of the bonus materials on the DVD, which, by the way, this movie is one of the first feature-length CGI animated films to be available on DVD. Oh, look at that. I mean, it helps that it's such a specific category. Um, but the bonus material on the DVD uh, features just just basics of computer animation, uh, facial animation, character design, and like a behind-the-scenes featurette. But like they just really just wanted to educate people. Like, here's how you do it. You get Stallone to sign on first. Then you tell Woody Allen, you got Stallone. That's going to get you the Danny Glover that you're looking for to bring in Gene Hackman. And ultimately, you got to get Sharon Stone if this thing's going to be successful. That's Computer Animation 101. Thank you very much. Have a nice day. Homework's due on Tuesday. (laughs) 
I got to watch this DVD, but I'm guessing it's exactly like that. Oh, I think it's exa- I think you just taught the master class, <laughs> not only on computer animation, but on selling a script. That's just movie math. Uh, on chain casting. Yeah. Chain casting. I love it. All right. Now we're going to go to a part of the show where we like to talk to you about recast and remakes. Recast. Remake. If this movie were to be made today, who would you cast? What would the storyline be? Uh, I really do believe that if this movie were to be made today, uh, especially in a post-B movie world, I feel like this movie would either take itself so much more seriously. uh, Dark and gritty. Yeah, just to take a a total tonal shift away from B movie um, or um, make it a little bit more of a... uh, of a love actually, but just in the the life of oh. different ant colonies kind of thing. Of just like or even other insects. Yeah, yeah, I love that. That's beautiful. Different parts of the park. I'm just call yeah. it a walk in the park. A walk in a walk in the park. Oh forget about it. Pie on your head, whatever the <laughs> quote was long time ago. Yeah, I, I think that that would be a really fun series. Or even if they were to do like a Netflix animated series, like I think they were hoping for with the sequel, I mm. think that just... Zequel. Oh, that's what it would have been called. Oh, I'm so tired now. <laughs> they, uh, I, I think that it, it's just following ants in the story of what they might be doing or because I'm always very curious... Ants make their way into my home a lot. I don't care for it. But after watching this movie, it's like, how did they get here? Like, that would be yeah. really interesting to explore. Like, how, like, what are ants looking for? Like, what, what, are, what are their goals? What, what, what's the secret life of ants? You yeah. know? What's your plan here? Yeah. Single ant on my desk. Yeah. And, uh, and I would honestly, casting-wise, I, I would just get... You know, most of the Avengers just to see mm-hmm. how that would play out. Except Paul Rudd. Just Paul, for the irony of it all. Paul Rudd Paul. would... He would be there for principal photography. <laughs> but Paul would love you, man. Nothing it's, else. It's just for the ironic choice. It's just yeah. for the ironic choice. Yeah, I want uh, him to yeah. hear about the movie being made... Uh, and he's just opening up his digital copy of Variety saying, um, excuse me? <laughs> I I think you've struck gold with Bug Actually. I think that's going to be uh, a big hit, Circle with a C. I, uh, I started with the recasting on this, and I love the the existing cast so much that they, they have here. Like Stallone, to me, is so much fun in that kind of role. I wish there had been more of the Weaver character in it. Um, I did appreciate also the mini SNL reunion with Jane Curtin and Dan Aykroyd happening there. Yeah. Um, but for a current cast, I would reunite Dwayne Johnson and Kevin Hart uh, yes. for Z and Weaver. Yes. I just, it's calling for it. Um, and then for the princess, Zoe Saldana. And I thought yeah. for Mandible, J.K. Simmons would be a lot of fun. Oh, he'd be so great. I just watched Palm Springs, and he's so funny in that and so so great that I was like, oh, man, I need more J.K. Simmons. And then um, for the for the brief Danny Glover role, I thought Keith David would really just – because you really only get like less than five minutes with that character, but you care a lot about them. 
I'm like, who's someone who has that instant magnetism? Keith David. Yeah. Those are the main people that I recast. I, I think, uh, yeah, Dwayne Johnson and Kevin Hart would really anchor this down. And it's neuroticism in a, in a different way, right? He would make it a completely different kind of Z character. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also think for story, it'd be really... F- so this is more like a sequel if they did like uh, Ants Go Marching 2 by 2 just, That would just be it. Ants 2 by 2 Yes. Hurrah, hurrah. But if they set it way far in the future, I would love to see a post-apocalyptic bug story where it mostly focuses on cockroaches, um, but Ooh. it would be like kind of like a book of Eli feel, but it'd be like the matchbook of Eli. And they have to get this little matchbook from New York to, I don't know, San Francisco. And they're bugs. So it's like a super huge. And then it just ends up being a Twinkie recipe at the end. <laughs> oh my goodness, Grayson. That is amazing. I would, lo- I would watch that movie. I so would a cockroach absolutely- transporting... A Twinkie recipe on a matchbook across the country. Okay, so we got some work to do. We got to yeah. write this uh, matchbook movie. We got to uh, write Bug Actually. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, well then gonna... I don't have any more recast and remake because we we gotta we gotta get to work. Our hands are gonna be tied three by three. All right, so now we're going to go to our final segment of the show where we like to give you our reasons to recommend. So, Grayson. Why would you recommend the 1998 animated movie Ants? I recommend uh, Ant with a Z because this is really a complex story. And on the surface, it would seem like it's for kids, but it's really not. To, no. to capture all the nuance of what they're doing, where, I mean, they even call it out at the end where he's like, it's a classic boy meets girl, boy likes girl, boy undermines social order story. <laughs> like, that's what it is. And they Hell do it in a way. <laughs> ants as ants could be. They were ants. I, but I do appreciate this more complex story for a more mature audience that wrestles with these seemingly opposing ideas of people in a fairly homogenous society that are uh, kind of told what to do their whole life, discovering individuality while at the same time. Someone who is innately individualistic struggles with being selfish at the detriment of the community. And it's not as clear cut as they could have made the story. It's got, a, it's got a lot more depth to it and a lot more complexity. And they do it all with animated ants. And so that in it of itself, I think, is uh, makes it worthwhile. And just looking at the story that they're telling and the way that, I mean, they took a big risk with this story being one of the first ones with DreamWorks, like that, that is a massive risk. You look at Toy Story, you know, kind of leading the charge at Pixar. That's fun. It's bright. It's happy. It's going to have immediate merchandise appeal and appeal to kids and all that. Um, but this was a much darker story that they're telling um, with, with a lot more weight to it. So I, I respect the risk. Um, I respect the story that, that, that they're telling here. I think the voice acting is a lot of fun. I think the characterization that they threw into it is a lot of fun. Um, and yeah, ultimately, if it's been a, a while since you've seen Ants, I recommend rewatching it. Um, it's currently on Hulu, not a sponsor, but uh, it, I recommend rewatching it because you will, I can almost guarantee with complete certainty, you will get something new from that watching experience. Something you either don't remember or were too young to catch the first time. 
uh, or it's just a different context for watching it, watch Ants. You're going to have a unique experience. Absolutely. And, and while you're talking about that, Grayson, I, I wondered if there was actually Ants toys made. And there mm. were. And I just had to say, the packaging on this is so it's like the it's the ant, right? Mm-hmm. In the packaging, but with a giant magnifying glass as its little plastic frame. And oh, that's, that's just I mean, that alone is just worth it. Well done, uh, marketing team in nineteen ninety eight. Uh, yeah, I would honestly say like the reason why I would recommend ants is because again, the, the whole mindset of, well, when there's dueling movies, one has to be good and one just has to be bad. Ants pleasantly surprised me for, for not only being not bad, but also being different, being very interesting, very different. And just, I think the biggest shock for the movie is that it's just not for kids. And when you kind of accept that, you can uh, really appreciate the movie more. Kind of how, like, Shrek is for kids uh, as well as adults. uh, And it might skew a little bit more adult for certain moments. But overall, a kid can watch Shrek and get and understand the nuance of, like, oh, this is a parody of the world of fairy tales. Uh, or we are exploring the world where fairy tales exist kind of thing. Uh, whereas Ants is just strictly like we made this movie for adults mm-hmm. and kids can be in the same room. Yeah. Like, oh, I see you brought your kids want. here. Okay. Interesting choice. Interesting. Yeah. Choice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, parental guidance. It was like, you know, not mandatory. <laughs> like You can just be the parental guide and watch it. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I'd say, so again, I recommend it for all of its nuance, all of its jokes, uh, all of its uh, political satire. Like, it, it's, a, it's a very funny movie, and you can very clearly see, if you watch it again today, how it was pitched and who it was intended for. And I think if, if you didn't like the movie because you were expecting a kid's movie, I get it. If you're an adult now... Uh, definitely watch it because there are definitely a ton of jokes because this movie was made for you. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know what it reminded me of, Ricky? What? It reminded me of uh, Lion King one and a half. <laughs> you know, very kind of look at the camera. But, but like yeah. if Lion King yeah. one and a half had been uh, written and directed by Justin Roiland and Dan Harmon. Wow. That's so that's deadly accurate. So go watch that movie. Go watch that movie. Go watch that movie. It's our new segment. Go watch that movie. Go watch that movie. Uh, Ashley Grayson, this was just in the mind of someone who had, whoever fell asleep at that picnic that left all of their candies thrown about. Oh, that's terrifying. They got brain spiders. Yeah, you got to deal with that. You got to go to a doctor. I I don't care what you do, but see somebody get help. And that is our review of the 1998 animated movie, Ants. Let us remember what you remember about Ants on our social media, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We are at Flashback Flicks. And do you want Ants? Because this is how we get Ants. You can leave us a rating and review on your podcasting platform of choice. If you could give us a uh, a rating on a scale of one to five buys. Buys? So, 
So one by one, two oh by two. Oh my goodness. Three by three, That's four by four, brilliant. five by five. Five by five. Five by five. They go marching five by five. I was going to say, because of what you just said, donuts, because that this is how we get ants. You're so if right. you got ants, yes. you got five donuts. That's right. Five by five. five. That is too good. Maybe my favorite scale you've ever come up with. Thank you. And I've come up with a lot of... <laughs> Too many, some would say. Too many to keep track of. No, five by five. I'm going to go on record saying it. It should replace the imperial and metric systems. Yes. You did it, Ricky. You did it. You brought us all together. (laughs) One colony. Five by five. And be sure to tune in next time right here on the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. Until then, remember to be kind and rewind. Next time on the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. The New Mutants is finally here next week. So, to celebrate, because we already did a bunch of X-Men stuff very recently, we're going back to the 1975 film adaptation, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, starring Jack Nicholson. Wait, so, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, it's Jack Nicholson has mutant abilities? Is that... Is he the one who flew over the cuckoo's nest? Oh yeah, he just, it's more it's more he harnesses his power from the sun and he can kind of like levitate over the cuckoo's nest. Oh. It's been a while since I've seen it though. Okay, well, sounds delightful. You're gonna love it. <laughs> Your kids will love it too. The feel good film of 1975.